Oh, here, let me get, start the timer. Oh, start the timer? Because I just started the record button. Uh. Episode one, we're live. We're not live. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so I'll do the full intro, I guess, kind of. I don't know. All right, everyone, welcome to the Real Film Nerds podcast. Co-host Matt, co-host Seth yeah, here. All right, yeah. I got it right that time. Yeah. This is our, I guess you would say our first official episode other than our introduction one. This is, this one we're getting into it hot and heavy. It's going to be a hot mess. <laughs> we're talking about a movie that is nominated for lots of awards. It's Seth's Man Crushes. Last film ever. That's right. What what movie are we talking about, Seth? We're talking Phantom Thread, folks. Phantom Thread. I'm going to give you a quick uh, synopsis if, you, if you're not familiar with it. Uh, we got set in the glamour of the 1950s post-war London. Renowned dressmaker Reynolds Woodcock, Daniel Day-Lewis, and his sister Cyril are at the center of British fashion, dressed in royalty. Okay, basically, he meets a girl, a strong-willed woman, Alma, who soon becomes a fixture in his life as his muse and lover. Once controlled and planned, he finds his carefully tailored life, no pun intended, tailored, disrupted by love with his latest film, Paul Thomas Anderson, the director, um, paints an illuminating portrait of both an artist on a creative journey and the woman who keeps his world running. Starring Daniel Day-Lewis, Vicky Kreps, Leslie Manville, Pip Phillips. Ooh, Pip Phillips. You like that, Matt? Is that... Pip Phillips. Pip Phillips. She that is might... a. She was the. She's the the waitress in the movie. She has one scene. Pip Phillips. I was wondering if that's Pip. like the true only British person in a film that's based in England. <laughs> Man, tell me about it. Well, because Daniel Day Lewis, he's Scottish, right? Or is um, he Irish? Irish. I think he's Irish. Is he Irish? I think he's Irish. <laughs> that's he... why we have Google, folks. That's too because we got an iPad handy, just to check it out. So, Matt, first impressions. Go. Hmm. I thought it was a good film. It was very cinematic. It was shot well. Daniel Day-Lewis kills it. I mean, I don't know when he doesn't kill it. The only thing I have to say is I wasn't bananas about the story. The story Matt. was good, but it's a dressmaker. That's very, very tough, man. I mean, it's cool. I knew nothing about houses and having these people come into his house and they make the dresses there, and clearly they're not dresses you buy at a store. They're, you know, for the royalty, and it shows all that. But that, you know, the story itself interested me, but that aspect of the story was kind of like, eh, whatever. I mean, I, you know, yeah. I, I haven't worn a dress in years. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a couple of days for me. So what, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, I, I know you're you have, you know, a giant heart yeah, on for Daniel Day Lewis. I'm so. a little impassioned on this movie because it was by far my favorite movie I've seen in probably a year. Um Yeah. Really? That's a bold statement, it was, sir. It was well, you know what? Yeah, I mean I'd have to take a look at what has been released. I'm talking a little bit out of my you know what. But um loved the movie personally. I love Daniel Day Lewis. He just brings such a professionalism to everything he does and it's just so fun to watch he will be sorely missed if this is truly his final one which is the rumor i well, don't know but no he said it's going to be the final one but he has said many times before that that was going to be the final movie did he because, say has he said has oh yeah he, he said it a couple times oh so he this said is it not a couple a times thing? so yeah 
Jamie, I, lo- Jamie, look that crap up, as Joe Rogan would say. Sorry. I think he's being, like, you know, legit saying he's done. But do you know why he, like, wants to not be an actor anymore? I, I, I think probably to spend with time with his family. Do you know? It's a part of it. But he has, he has got other interests. He, I'm not sure when and what role or what where he did this, but he got into making shoes. Wow. And he wants to focus a on making shoes. He's a cobbler. Yeah. Adam Sandler. Now that movie sucked. He, I didn't watch <laughs> that a one. Cobbler. But he, he straight up is a cobbler and wants to do that. He wants to focus on that, which more power to you. I'm sure he has plenty of money. He doesn't have to do any more movies, but he's probably just cobbling. For I fun. love I love working with my hands and doing stuff with my hands. Listen, so that's lo- just pretty to give up like your career when you're clearly in your prime and getting better. I don't know. Matt, first of all, a lot of people cobble for fun. Okay, it's a it's a fun activity. I like apple cobbler. Yeah, I like you know those kind of cobblers. I don't know about making shoes. I like I go to the store. Yeah, pay less. Yeah, yeah. I like shoe shine on an apple cobbler. So it's you know it's almost like you're cobbling a shoe, but you still have the pie. You know. <laughs> anyway, why would you shine it? <laughs> what? That didn't make sense. Why would you shine a cobbler? You just eat the cobbler. No, Why I don't. Why you but put shoe shine on a cobbler? Because, you know, a cobbler shines shoes, and, you know, I got to add it to the cobbler. It is a... Uh, so you're adding... So you're making a cobbler out of a cobbler? It's it's basically well, what Adam... way too dark it's, for me. It's basically what a guy like Adam Sandler would say, you know, play on words. It's not really. It's just kind of dumb. I made a mistake, Matt. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted me to say it. <laughs> He wanted I me to did. say it. No, I was he not did. going there. I was trying to figure out where and you were going and with the cobbler. And he's breaking past the 12 mark on the volume here. This is unbelievable, people. Breaking past the 12 mark. It's not my fault that the tech department of this podcast is Man, sorely God, lacking. Our department is bankrupt over here. We're we're shredding files. If you Remember that? Did you see fun with Dick and Jane? Remember oh, yeah. that scene? He yeah, comes yeah. in. They're, also, they're shredding everything. Dude, that movie Dude, is That's great. my ficus. Yeah, that movie is great. <laughs> yeah. So back to Fan of Thread, Seth. Yeah, let's go a little bit more. It was, I I got so much on it. I it's kind of hard to start. I just think. Okay. First of all, let then me just let me just say this. Paul Thomas Anderson's a genius. Okay. He, there will be blood. The master. Inherent vice. Was that him? That was him. And um. Yeah, but that movie one, tanked. It did tank. I was it, told though. I never freaking saw it. I still need to see it. But I was told by a friend of mine that Inherent Vice is my kind of movie. And I still haven't seen it. It It is. I, I think it's totally up your alley. Yeah, that, I need to go That's see one that. we should do. But but yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson is just a beautiful storyteller. That's why I go to the movies. Because I love the stories, right? You go because you love the stories. And Paul Thomas Anderson, there he just captures a story. He can tell a story. And that's why when you said, you know, that... The dressmaking was the story was a little maybe boring. The he made it. He, it was a boring subject in some ways, but he made it. He put such a spin on it that he fascinated. It was just a fascinating world to be in. It now, was just you were in that world for when you say two hours. He tells a good story. Where are you saying specifically? Are you saying he's good at the writing, or he's good at the filming, directing? Et yeah, I, I, you Which know, one you obviously, on one? obviously, it's not just a director who makes a movie. There's well, because he does, he does both, right? Uh, especially, I think Phantom Thread, um, 
there will be blood. I have yeah. inherent vice. I'm sure he wrote and directed all those. Because that's typically yeah. what he does. Okay. So what what do you mean? Do you do you think the written story is what's really good or do you think it's the directing, the shooting or do you think it's a combination of both? He's just the master of both or what? I think it's a combination of a couple things. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think both. I the way he shoots a shot, you know, every shot has a purpose. For example, in there will be blood. Every every shot has a clear purpose and tells a story. He can do a lot with a single shot without having any dialogue, for example. That, for me, is true artistry. He can tell a story. For example, in Phantom Thread, there are many scenes that are totally no words. Like, for example, they're sitting at the, the dinner table, and it's just a shot of maybe his face, you know, giving an emotion, and it goes back to her, and or it stays on him. He has this knack of making a shot and, and obviously as great actors Daniel Day-Lewis can hold a shot forever I mean he can just hold the shot and you're 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 captivated by him but anyway what, what I'm getting at is yeah he can he just tells a story in a, in a really creative unique way so that I, most most directors I don't so I think I'm gonna probably put words in your mouth here but I think I would say his story writing is good but I wouldn't put it at he's the best, he's the master. As I was pointing out, I thought the story fell flat in Phantom Thread. But I agree, his cinematography, how he frames the shot, how he gets his actors to interact with the camera to, or shall we say, lack of interacting with the camera because, you know, they want the camera to disappear. You know, I think he's definitely a master in doing that. But I don't... Not so much writing the script, I guess is a good way mm. to put it. Might be a good story. He knows how to tell his own stories well. But I don't think the – I don't know. The scripts just aren't there for me. What I mean, was there's you, some good ones. So. What was your biggest negative on it? I mean, when you really – you mentioned the story a little bit. but Yeah, that's just, you know, it just the, – the, the topic was just not fascinating. I mean, I thought the story between – Daniel Day-Lewis and his co-host yeah. and them falling in love. It's clearly a romance it, it is. gone it's... awry. Well, I don't want to ruin, for those of you who haven't seen oh, it, I don't want to ruin, ruin where it goes it. and things. Cause, we're going to ruin it. You know, it. it gets really, yeah, we probably should. We probably should. I mean, it gets really sinister. She's poisoning him and stuff. And it, the first time well, she he does ne- it. he ruined it now. <laughs> yeah, the first the first time she does it, Daniel, you know, the, the Daniel Day-Lewis's character has no idea he thinks he's going to die. He's yeah. on his deathbed. He's seeing his dead mother. I mean, he's just like, I'm screwed. You know, I'm I'm dying now. Yeah. And then she, you know, later on, you know, he almost asks her to do it, which I thought was interesting because it brings in, you know, that romanticism in this really screwed up relationship. But it's like he has this huge ego. He's this big, badass, you know, movie not movie, this big badass dressmaker and all this stuff, and his head and his ego gets too inflated, and he starts getting too cocky and too much of an ass, basically, to her and everyone around him, and she has to put him in check. But you know what? so that's why she poisons him. Yeah, yeah, but you know what's interesting? I'm going to... I don't think he actually has a huge ego. This is what's again. I'm just not the actor himself. I'm saying in the story. No, yeah, I, I... What I mean is in the story. What I love again about... 
this movie is that the ability to tell the depth, the deepness of a character, it really, there's a deep, these characters have deep layers. Him, for example, I think is a highly, obviously highly, he's kind of an OCD guy, type A, like, you know, everything he does it a certain way. He's almost, I don't think it's an ego thing. I think it's more of a, like a, 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 a you know, like the, uh, Leonardo da Vinci's of the world, the Einsteins, they're, they're brilliant, but they're kind of crazy, you know? Well, yes, he's definitely crazy. You know? But I would argue... But he, he just was neurotic, in a sense. Oh, for sure. You know, even more than egotistic, he just had, like, a neuroticism about him. But, is that a word? Yeah, well, yeah. Is that a word? Man? Owen Wilson with Vince, Vince Vaughn, is that a word, man? But, I, you <laughs> know, I, I definitely would argue against it, because... You're saying he doesn't have this big ego where I saw just the opposite. He has a second home out in the country and he drives a sports car and he drives it fast. He clearly drives it fast. He has a big grandiose house and he has this name brand to him and he has all these people coming to his house and he has to have his breakfast this way and he has to have this to eat and this to eat and this to eat. I mean, that's ego, dude. That's all ego, at least to me. You know what? Absolutely, you can't so. you, you can't get to that level without being without having some sort of ego. The the thing about him though, and the thing about eventually when he meets her is that you realize this guy is highly quirky, for lack of a better word. He's a quirky sure. guy, and she turns out to be. You don't really know it until later, but she turns out to be pretty quirky herself. And by quirky, I mean like poisoning his food with mushrooms in his omelet. I mean that's oh, quirky. Dude, that's, no, is that's. Straight up crazy. Yeah. That's going back to that, the whole crazy vibe for sure. You know, they, she might not be a genius, but she's definitely crazy. But yeah, but but so was he, and in some ways they were perfect for each other. Yeah. And that was the beauty of the the ending. Actually, yeah. somebody pointed this out to me earlier. Is that, and I we won't get all into the ending, but but the way it ends is actually kind of happy because they were probably the only two people you know on Earth that could really that really actually in some ways kind of in a sick sort of way made it work. Yeah, you know what I mean? They actually deal with they, each other. They, yeah. Like, they, well, as, you know, you saw, I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, he's an older man. He's, what, in his 50s or 60s. And she was probably, just guessing, I'm terrible with ages. She's probably supposed to be in her late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. Falling in love with someone that's significantly older than her. But clearly he couldn't find a wife or a girlfriend Long that would was around long enough to be infatuated with to get married or compatible enough, maybe not infatuated, but compatible enough to get married. And maybe she was the same way, just not at quite at his age yet. And they somehow found each other. And now, you know, the rest of the they, story they say is his yeah. history. His history. history. Film, film history, I guess. Yeah, dude. Totally, totally spot on. It um, it's just you know the opening scene actually what you were saying about not you know the ability to not keep a girlfriend the opening scene yeah. is him at the breakfast table and this girlfriend is yeah. you know kind of prodding him asking why are you not paying attention to me he's reading his paper he's you know doing his thing she's upset and he says what does he say I can't have a interruption like this in the morning you know I I, I can't that one a confrontation. Later. I, I thought that was later about the interruptions in the morning. But, yeah, it was something – I think it was confrontation or something because she starts getting pissy. You know, like a typical relationship that's falling apart. One 
party, you know, man, I know a lot about those. Yeah, (laughs) we know so much about those, dude. dude, I've had I haven't had a ton of relationships, but they've all fallen apart. Careful, Matt. Let's not name (laughs) names. All of them (laughs) fall apart. But um, Jacob. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Okay, I was going to say another your mom thing, but I left it out there. I just left it out. We're going to edit so, that out, right, boys and girls. We're going to edit that, that. We're going to edit that now. But anyways, yeah, so in the morning, yeah. <laughs> what's really fascinating about that scene, too, is that scene doesn't even get explained until probably a half hour later Yeah. in the movie. So, yeah, good point. But it's clearly it pivotal. It. It's clearly pivotal because it shows that this is a guy that, doesn't care about this woman anymore, but yet she's still in his house. And now that it's over, he just kind of, okay, time to go to the country and find another one. Yeah, and and then his, you know, and the whole time, too, he's living in uh, his house with his sister, who is his kind of partner. You know, he's the... That he, is freaking weird, Yeah, so way. her sister, yeah, his sister, it plays a huge part in the movie. And she's great. I mean, the, the actress... What a great job she did. What a shrewd little, uh, man. Yeah. She reminded me of uh, Umbridge from Harry Potter. I always hated Professor Umbridge. Did you ever see the Harry Potter series? No. You never saw him on film? No. I'm an adult. Oh, come on, man. Adults watch that. <laughs> I, knew, I knew plenty of 40-year-olds. I'm going, I'm going I'm to Harry 40. Potter. Jeez. No, you're, oh, no, you're not. You're not 40. <laughs> I'm not Derek or anything. You're not Derek I mean, Nanky. Mr. Na- Mr. Nanky. <laughs> this guy's going on a cruise tomorrow. Anyway, but but um, the sister was just a... Well, dude, that really kind of bothered me of... about the sister staying <laughs> in the house. Why? Like, I don't know about you and your siblings, but me and my sisters, like, the instant I moved out, like, that was it. Like, I have a hard time spending a weekend with my younger sister well, without fighting and, like, clawing at each other and screaming and you, yelling. You know, Matt, I don't know how much you have in common with a 1950s dressmaker named Reynolds Woodcock no, either. but that's so, the thing. You that's know, the thing. You're, you're, how, would, how does you're, she you're have You're a grown so... man, you know, living in Prescott, Arizona. You're wearing white tube socks, okay? You don't have much in common with Woodcock. I'm sorry. And I like your fashion and everything, but, man, that guy could dress See the abuse I put the guy through. Poor that guy. has nothing to do with. <laughs> it's nothing to I do love with you, the weird, I love the weird you. oddity of his sister living in the house. And well, but she's but, more than his sister. She's his assistant and business manager, and so can probably I get, love her. Can I get no? <laughs> probably <love her. laughs> I hope not. Can, one, one, one. Another pickup that I when I watched it was his need for his mom. The continued. He he kept saying even through much of the dialogue how he kept thinking about his mom, hmm. kept dreaming about her. He saw her when he was he was sick in bed one night, and he sees this vision of his well, mom he was standing, thinking he was dying basically. Yeah, I I think so. But then if, but then what's interesting is in that scene. I don't want. We should we should get back into that scene. That's a great scene because she walks in. Elma, his his girlfriend, his yeah. wife, walks in the room, and as she walks in and starts you know kind of moving around the room. The mom disappears, hmm. and I almost thought he's always looking for this mom figure. He was he was someone always to take out, care of him. Someone yeah. to take care of him, and she became his mom, and but, it filled this this gap he had of, of this need for his mother who died years ago, and he, he you know he severely mourned her. 
Dude, that's spot on. Yeah, spot right? On. I'm saying dude a lot. I'm going to get that pointed out, by the way. But You know what? I'm not. I tell you what, that, right now, people, I ain't reading the comments. Because <laughs> you know what? I frankly don't care if you hate, man. It don't matter to me. It's, well, it obviously does because I'm not going to read the comments. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't realize it that. Hurts. I didn't realize that because that's that's totally true. Uh, that makes a little bit more sense now because, but it takes her poisoning him to get to that level. Exactly. And so you know, again, I think it go, still goes back to you know his mom taking care of him and all that stuff, but it was still also he needed to be put in check, you know. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Because he did have an because e- you know what he did have an ego, and the guy was an ass. The guy's an ass. I mean, let's just be honest. He's a he, he's a total jerk. If you you couldn't live with the guy for a day, you just want to pull your well, head out. He's a, he's neurotic. He's eccentric. He's just weird. How does his sister do it? Because I, just, I think I uh, think she's she's she likes the money. Well, she was probably in that role of mom a little bit for him, and has played that role, and maybe even liked that role in a weird sort of way. Another interesting one. She never talks about her mother ever, not once. That's that's a good point, and man. And he talks that's about a her a lot. Point. Yeah, huh. that's a great point. Interesting. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, she's there. Obviously, she's part of the business. I mean, she's in the, in the day-to-day business. She's probably making money from it. I mean, oh, the, for sure. He's selling to princes or princes. Princess. <laughs> he's yeah. selling to men. No. Um, maybe, but um, you know. Maybe there were cross-dressers in the 50s. Man, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll look to go back and find out. <laughs> the good old nostalgia button. <laughs> yeah, but... So, um, all right, what was your favorite scene? Since you love this gosh. movie so much, what was your oh favorite scene? Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to... Give me a moment here. Do you have Do you have one that, that, off the top of your head? I don't know if it was my favorite, but it's definitely the one that sticks out the most. Is... Um, the first time she poisons him and they're getting the dress, the wedding dress finished up for the princess of Wales or whatever. I don't remember Denmark or something. And, you know, he was saying he made all her dresses throughout basically all her big moments, all that stuff. And he's sitting there inspecting the dress and checking it out. And he's trying to hold his shit together and he's just pouring sweat. And you could tell he's he's going to just – I thought he was dead. I thought he was dying because, I mean, mm-hmm. I thought that's the way they were going to go in the film. They were just going to be like, oh, well, he – this lady comes into his life, poisons him, and kills him. But, you know, <laughs> he, he starts walking around and, you know, inspecting it. And then just out of nowhere, he just – he's so sick. He can't control himself falling over on top of this dress that – they spent God knows how many hours, how much time making, and practically ruins the thing in an instant. Yeah. I just thought that that scene was just the one that sticks out the most to me. Mm-hmm. So. And and obviously the acting was just awesome. It was just nailed it. Yeah, totally. Nailed it. Totally nailed it. And, so. and, and I think in that there's one shot. In, and that's another scene where there wasn't a whole lot of words, if any. Yeah. Yeah. If any. Yeah, one thing that I loved about that movie was the the simple thing of so he's Daniel Day Lewis plays the dressmaker, so he creates the dresses. I mean, he's really a brilliant guy. You you see him in the very beginning do that process, and it's just cool. But anyway, he'll stand back and he'll inspect the dress, you know, and he'll stand back and look at it and kind of push his glasses uh, 
you know, below his nose or, you know, on his head and, and take a look at the dress. And the way he just inspected the dress alone in several scenes, he just, he, he captured that, he captured the character. And I fell in love with the, just the, the two characters were just awesome. Do you think that came from his preparation? Because, you know, he's a method actor. And so I, hear. I think you were the one possibly telling me this. Maybe I read it. I don't know. That he actually sat down and made a dress like this in preparation for the role. Wow. Now, do you think him doing that is what made it that much better? Yeah. he's. I mean, we're talking about um, who's the character in uh, Daniel Plainview. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just a brilliant actor. So he's. Well, in his in um, Gangs of New York. Yeah. The Leonardo DiCaprio one. Um, now, this one was definitely from an article. I remember Bill reading the butcher. this. But um, when he did Bill the Butcher, three, four months after Bill the Butcher, he was still speaking that accent because he couldn't get rid of it. Wow. It was just he had dedicated cool? so much to it Yeah, that he couldn't get rid of the accent. That's cool. It's pretty wild. That's crazy. Yeah. That was another one. I mean, I, I actually did it like Gansy. Gangs of New York. I thought it was oh, kind of. Dude, I liked Gangs of New York. I thought it was great. I, well, the only w- reason I watch it is because to watch his scenes. Other than that, Liar. I. You're in love with Leo. Well, man, I do love Just Leo. Admit it. I do love the guy. He's a pretty cool guy, man. Leo, Leo DiCaprio. But, um, yeah, it was just a. It, it, man, it, you know, it, and two, the other thing, I, I kind of am I'm a sucker for movies that are kind of happy and feel good movies. And believe it or not, even though there were some dark, sinister points in this movie, Phantom Thread, there was a lot of happy, bright, joyful. So you were asking about my favorite scene. I Probably a lot a lot of the scenes where they're walking, holding hands, they're out in this green field, there's the ocean behind them. There were several scenes like that that were just, again, no dialogue. Jesus, you need a girlfriend. I do. <laughs> Any women out there. And I mean anybody. You can you, fog a mirror. No, I don't mean you, anybody. You are a romantic, man. Oh. You're a romantic. If you like that, wow. Beautiful scenes. I mean, you're how old? You're in your 20s? I'm and twi- you're already going to need testosterone injections? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> no, that's not a problem, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I got my, uh, yeah. So. Okay, so. So it was any scene where they were being romantic with each other. No, I mean, you not... don't have like one specific one. You were like, yeah, that scene was awesome. I mean, that maybe that one, maybe the one where they're in the, they're, they're in the field. I mean, you have to the green field walking. The one thing, too, is that there's was, so many was, different scenes. That I feel was like there's so many cuts in that movie. But yeah, you know, what I mean, it's, it's like there will be blood. There's just a lot of specific scenes. Well, and that's if I'm not mistaken. That's one of the ones that was very early in their relationship because they're still out in the country. Yeah, yeah. So that was when it was still fresh and new and, you know. Yeah. It was just the way they got together and, and uh, the relationship afterwards. She would, but, but she was a real piece of work, man. I mean, she really was kind of the Daniel Day-Lewis's partner. She really was kind of sinister. I mean, she was dark and evil. And maybe even if I, I, it's really a movie that I should watch again because you could pick up st- on stuff. But she probably from the beginning was probably pretty psycho. I mean, she had this weird thing where 
she wanted to be the only woman he looked at. I mean, she was wanted his attention. Yeah. And no other women. I for mean, sure. But, I mean, the scene you're still talking about is when it was still just that week or weekend or whatever. Yeah. Where they just, you know, literally, I mean, super fresh. The Later on where she starts getting controlling and all that stuff is when she's living in the house. You know, that's Very later true. on when it's going. But, I mean, I think, yeah, she had to have been crazy at some level. But, I mean, if you look, it still seems like those first scenes in the restaurant where they're meeting and hooking up and, you know, they're not hooking up, but they're playing that, <laughs> you know, the back they're and forth. shacking up. Yeah, they're, they're um, oh, I'm spacing on the word I want to use here. But um, they're kind of going back and forth, like teasing each other and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like she kind of seems like it's like almost like the, the cat and the, the mouse kind of thing. You yeah. Know? He's he's clearly the cat. She's the mouse, you know. But then she gets a couple quips in on him. and Yeah, she kind of challenges so, him. Right. Yeah, she right. challenges his kind of the status quo that he's held and been allowed to hold. Um, All right. I Real quick, hold on. I do know my favorite scene. Uh, the wedding. Okay. They get married. Yeah. They, they get married. Dude. And and by I, the way, people, in case you're wondering, the soundtrack to this film is fantastic. I'm gonna it, it's just a fantastic soundtrack. So go on Spotify. It's on Spotify, Phantom Thread Soundtrack. Check it out. It's that good. was that was one thing that I did find very striking and interesting and counter counterintuitive to most of the film is that they get married and like just drop of the hat at Clearly at his house. Yeah. But, like, his sister, and there's, like, a handful of people. Yeah, she has a nice dress, but it's nothing like the wedding dress that they're making. Yeah. And, you know, they're just kind of, clearly his ego was in check after being poisoned. Right. Because he's just like, yeah, let's do it. Let's just get it over with. And it's small and it's intimate. And it was just the opposite of what he typically was up to that point, if you ask me. Right. All right, so Seth, final thoughts. Phantom Thread. Should people go see it? Absolutely. All Absolutely, right. you should go see it. And see it in the theaters, because it's worth seeing in theaters on the big screen. Nothing quite like it. All right, so we're going to try and do a bit of a rating system here when we talk about films. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to use film reels as our judge, and we're going to go up to five, five being the best, one being the worst. So on a scale of one to five reels, where would you put Phantom Thread, Seth? I'm going to give Phantom Thread on our first episode of the podcast five out of five reels. Five out oh. of five. Five out of oh, five, people. It's a perfect. You heard it here. It's a perfect score. He cannot judge films. He's going to give five out of fives for everything. Is it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I will give Matt, it, I will give, give it? it four reels out of five. I That's thought it was good. good. I enjoyed it. Like I said, I wasn't a huge fan of the story. Uh, that, I mean, the story was good. You know, I already have explained it multiple times, but the subject Ex- matter was a little out there. Explain it again. So, what's with the mushrooms? You want to tell me about the mushrooms? Well, there was this one time in college where we all got together, got okay. a quarter ounce, made some tea. Can you do that? I've with never mushrooms? seen colors like that before. Can you do that with mushrooms? The the special kind, yeah. You make tea out of it? Yeah. Oh. Huh. Good times. The things you learn, man. Good times. The things you learn. All right. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We appreciate you. Click subscribe. Follow us on the Instagram at Real Film Nerds. 
Twitter, Facebook. He's looking at me funny. No, you're nailing it. We're at Real Film Nerds Bang, on all of them. Boom, all boom. you got to do is do the little at symbol, Real Film Nerds, R-E-E-L. Nice. Bing, pow, boom. So what, what, what film are we doing for our next one, Seth? What are we going to go see? Um, I think our next uh, film will be... Are we thinking Hostels? Is that yeah. what we're doing? I'm thinking Hostels. Hostels, another Oscar. Is that run- Oscar nominated for Best Picture? No, it's not for Best Picture. I know nah, that. Probably not. No, I can. I can that tell you the sucked. nine. I can tell you the nine that are nominated. I'll tell you my review of it right now. That movie sucked. No, I'm Hostels. Kidding. Jeez. What are you? Is that the trailer still for Phantom Thread? Phantom awesome. Thread. All right. Go watch this film. Go watch it right now. Go, go check it out. Until next time, people. Love you guys. This Thanks. This is the Real Film Nerd signing off. See ya.